Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest, Vipul. Vipul, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. So you're the president and co-founder of Ara Compliance Support, and you've actually been in the compliance industry for 30 years. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're very excited to have you on the show today. To start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know the background in your business? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So Ara Compliance Support is a, a third-party compliance department. And our, our clients are portfolio managers, they're uh, brokers, small brokers, and uh, what they all have in common is that they're all licensed with the Securities Commission. And so when you go and you get licensed, you make a promise to the commission. You promise that you're going to have an effective compliance structure. So the Securities Commission is a consumer protection agency. That's the way to think about, about it. Mm-hmm. So their job is to protect investors. So is this provincial or federal? Uh, it's a provincial, uh, it's a provincial jurisdiction. Okay. But the provinces coordinate with each other. So there is some commonality between all of the, the provinces. My clients are registered and they have to have a compliance structure. So that means policies, procedures, forms, logs, record keeping. So we come in, we build a compliance structure for them and we help them manage it on a go forward basis. How did you get into this business? Just curious. Yeah. Like- oh, just, just some bad decisions, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, funny, you know, you may laugh at this, but uh, I went to school in the in the 80s and I was really struck by the movie Wall Street. I thought it was just a fascinating movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really a movie about human character and finance. And that got me interested in the securities industry. Um, I'm trained as an accountant. I'm I'm a CA, CPA. Uh, But when I had a chance to work for a regulator, I just jumped at it. And from there, I worked on Bay Street and uh, compliance roles. And then I did senior consulting. And about 10 years ago, we started this business. And it's been... uh, Well, I know you come highly regarded in the industry. Thank you. I just want to say that. I've heard about you so many times and and just knowing what you're doing out there and letting our viewers understand Mm -hmm. that process as well is very important. So this is great. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. And I think one of the main topics that, you know, we want to talk about today is the fear of that people have these days to invest because they're scared of, you know, getting ripped off or a fear of loss. And um, I know I think you'd be in a great position to kind of share with us today, sure. you know, what what kind of advice can can you offer? Yeah, no, what to look for, those yeah. sort of things. Well, I think the most dangerous thing you can do is not invest. You know, if you think about it, every year inflation takes a little bit of our savings away. So you need to grow a little bit at least just to stand still. And of course, we're living longer. You know, we have greater needs in terms of, uh, we have kids, we have, uh, you know, retirement plans. We have a lot of, lot of, we have a lot of future to accommodate for. So I think it's very important to invest. And the other thing that you lose when you don't invest right away, when you're hesitant, is you lose time. You see, I like to say time is the one asset that when you lose it, you never get it back. Agreed. And, and in investing, it's uh, particularly important because if you have enough time in your investment plan, you have time to grow your nest egg. You can have temporary setbacks and losses and you can recover from them mm-hmm. and you have time to learn. Yeah, I have so many clients that I meet with and they have all this equity and all this cash just sitting there. Yes. And they've been crippled by fear of doing it because, oh my gosh, I heard about this and I heard about that. But there's always those stories out yes. there. Absolutely. I think I think fear is based on lack of knowledge. 
I think that one of the first things you can do as an investor is really, uh, you know, try and educate yourself and ask the smart questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're relying on Frank, your, your favorite advisor to, to take care of your needs and Frank's a smart person and you're not, then you're living in fear. So people, why is it important, um, you know, say for me as an investor, if I'm going to invest with a company, why is it important to ensure that that company is registered? Okay. So technically what you're doing is you are getting an agent, which would be a broker or a portfolio manager who will advise you on the, on the security. If a firm is in the business of, you know, calling people up and asking them for money mm-hmm. to invest in projects or in invest in securities or asking them to uh, engage them to manage their money in their behalf, if that's their business model, then they have to be registered. Mm-hmm. And regist- registration is a minimum standard. And there's a couple of, of advantages to working with a registered firm. The first is that there are some minimum um, obligations that they have in terms of mm-hmm. uh, operating practices, mm-hmm. record keeping, and so on. So that's really important. The second is the Securities Act has a lot of protections for investors. And the biggest protection is something we call suitability. So no yes, broker. And that's a very kind of hot topic. Really hot, yes. And that's a very hot topic. Yeah. But it's a great protection for you as an investor. And what it means is that um, no broker or PM firm can put you into an investment. So let's just back up on the broker and PM sure. firm. Sure. And you're, you're speaking about what a, what type of a broker, not a mortgage broker. Okay. No, I'm talking about right? someone who intermediates, who finds you investments. So not someone who finds you mortgages, but someone who finds you. And a PM? Portfolio manager is someone who manages your money on a discretionary Mm -hmm. basis. Right. So you, you hand them your bag of cash and they basically manage it. Yeah. They buy stocks and bonds and other investments uh, based on. There's a lot of trust there. Well, there is, but there's a lot of, there's a huge hurdle to be uh, registered as a PM. Well, I know in our business, in in the mortgage business, suitability has just been. Become mm-hmm. something very apparent in our world. Yeah, talk to us about suitability. You know okay. why this has been um, such an increasingly um, changing protocol, sure. and why it's in place. Why oh, is that important? Absolutely. So suitability is unique to the securities industry. We're the only industry in Canada that has a suitability obligation. So if you're having a nice meal and you and the waitress comes by and recommends the cheesecake, she's not necessarily <laughs> recommending dessert that's suitable and appropriate for your needs. Uh, similarly, if you go to a bank and you and you fill out a loan application, the bank's not interested in whether this loan is appropriate for you. But they're their right. best interest. They're looking. It's in their best it. interest. Can I get my money back? Do I have to? Are you going to pay me on a timely basis? Mm -hmm. That's the consideration. So suitability is a unique feature of the securities industry. And Mm -hmm. as I said before, uh, securities commissions are consumer protection agencies. Mm -hmm. And the way they protect consumers is they work with this idea that the general investing public has less knowledge and experience than individuals and companies that are registered. And so the only way to protect these these, uh, investors who are relatively unsophisticated is to impose the suitability obligation on the registered firms. So the registered firms are the babysitters and the clients are the, are the kids. Right. So that's the, that's the concept. So we have the suitability thing that has come into play in the mortgage world. And we've had investors, as I mentioned before, very frustrated and upset. They're saying, hey, who's, who are they to tell me if I can put my money into this investment or not? And we have some very 
really wise investors um, that don't qualify on the suitability, and their maximum is 60000 a year now in a mortgage investment, which is causing a lot of chaos and upset in our industry. Right. So what do you see in the future for these people, for okay. our clients? So I, I think whenever you have a new set of rules that come into an industry, there's going to be some disruption. You know, we've, we've really yeah. been working in an yeah. industry that has been pretty much unregulated. And, well, uh, Financial Services Commission has been regulating it. Uh, well, yeah, ab- absolutely. But uh, the securities regulators tend to be a, a lot more stringent in their rules and requirements. Oh, yes, I know that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of regulators rely on disclosure. Uh, that's the primary way of regulating. In the securities industry, they go beyond that. They say, no, you have a suitability obligation. Um, and then it's also the application of it. So uh, a couple of things. First of all, we got to understand what suitability is. It's an opinion. It's not a fact, right? So uh, at the end of the day, no one can answer what suitability is because it's defined by the client's overall circumstances. So, you know, there are arguments to be made for, uh, for investing uh, further in, um, you know, or investing more in mm-hmm. uh, mortgages. Mm-hmm. Uh, experience could be one of them. Uh, maybe if that individual is part of the mortgage industry and has great experience in that area, uh, maybe they're de-risking from their existing portfolio. Uh, what, what suitability does is it sl- forces us to slow down and it forces both sides to really think about whether or not this is appropriate for the client. Let's dig a little bit into what suitability actually entails. Like, what does that mean for an investor? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So suitability is an idea. It's an opinion. It's not a fact. And that's why it's it's causing so much trouble in the industry. To assess suitability, one has to go back and look at certain fundamental ideas. Um, and it really breaks down into two categories. Number one is, are you financially able to make this investment? Mm-hmm. Are you financially able to take the loss or lack of liquidity of an investment? And the other is, are you psychologically able? Mm-hmm. And so a firm that is doing a good job will ask questions on both sides. Mm-hmm. They'll ask things like, what's your income? What's your other portfolio? Uh, how many years before you retire? In other words, how much financial risk can you take? They will also ask questions to gauge your psychological ability. If you lost 5% of your investment, how big a deal is that for you? Right. <laughs> how much you, do you depend on? Or your on mortgages yeah. uh, right. goes in default. Right, understood, yes. So I think that's really the heart and soul of it. Uh, suitability is also a process. So it's not about saying you're suitable or not suitable, but it's a thought process. What's mm-hmm. what's happening is the commissions are saying, slow down for a minute and let's think about things right rationally. Why is it that, you know, some type of investment vehicles have this suitability, but others don't? You know, yeah. you look at the stock market, which, I mean, in okay. our opinion, there's so much volatility there. People can invest as much as they want mm-hmm. and, you know, their their investment can go up or it can completely go down. They can lose a lot, but mm-hmm. there's absolutely no, at this point, suitability to invest in these right. types of and products. It, and, it's, and it's really strange because you have a mortgage you registered on the property. That's your security. So what frustrates me quite honestly, is restricting people to get into this type of an investment vehicle, but you can go and press a button and buy stocks and lose everything tomorrow yeah. with no recourse. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think there's there's a misunderstanding about suitability in the public markets. Um, it, what's happened is we have this overriding rule that says you have a suitability obligation, regardless of what you sell, stocks, bonds, REITs, mortgages, and so on, or syndicate mortgages or so on. 
Um, but then there's exemptions to the rule. In the public markets, uh, in firms that are registered under IROC, there is a rule that says that you can have a non-advisory division or business. So in other words, as long as you go to your clients and you have them sign a little piece of paper that mm -hmm. says, I'm not giving you any advice at all, then they don't have a suitability obligation. The way to navigate this is, is there's really two questions. Number one is suitability and the other is trade exemption. So if you're selling a security that's not in the public markets, it's not a public mutual fund, it's not a listed security, right. Right. then you have to use a trade exemption. And there's a, there's a few that are very popular. The two most popular are accredited investor and offering memorandum OM. And an accredited investor says that if you have a certain level of, a level of income or net financial assets or net assets, or if you're registered in some way, if you're a registered pension fund or so on, uh, you're accredited and you, we can sell you the security. The, the important thing to remember is accredited investor doesn't get you there. And you cannot sell simply because someone qualifies as an accredited investor. Yes. The big issue, once again, is suitability. That's the second hurdle. So you have to make sure that this trade is suitable unless we have a suitability right. exemption. So I think that's that's the distinction. I see. So the suitability is the be all and end all. So let's say, okay, <laughs> seriously, let's say it is, yeah. Let's say I have um I'm a real estate person. Yes. I firmly believe in real estate. It's mm -hmm. done very well for me over the years. Mm -hmm. All my money is in real estate mm -hmm. and I would never change that. Sure. Why can someone come in to tell me that you cannot invest in any more real estate related products? Mm -hmm. because, because I'm invested there and that's been my career. That's my life choice. Well, uh, I, I think, I think part, part, Partly it has to do with the fact that securities regulators are, are just learning about this new industry that they're really focusing on. And I think there's a growing understanding that there are categories of investors that are afraid of the public markets and the volatility. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to take a few years for both sides to kind of figure things out a little bit. Okay. Um, but I think what we're, what we're looking at really is someone who's uninformed, who doesn't know what their choices are and who just habitually make certain investments right. and they're saying, let's just take a look, let's take a look at their situation. And Got it. Hey, I'm, I'm for mm. making sure our investors are safe. Sure. That's my first priority. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm completely on board with all of that. I just think that, and that's my personal opinion, maybe mm -hmm. because I'm so real estate focused, but right. I, I just think that real estate is one of the safest vehicles out there. Yes. And and I know that when I'm trying to qualify some of my investors, they have quite a bit in real estate and they're being declined by the EMDs or so on to be mm. able to invest in that vehicle. So I'm just wondering, you know, why do they put that in place like that for, for one specific investment um, vehicle, like, for example, real estate? Why, why are they focus on real estate? Because there's been a lot of bad actors in the real estate space, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I think that's just historic. And I think they're more careful around uh, real estate based firms. I think that's, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the other thing is, uh, as I said before, the, I think real estate is, doesn't fit very neatly into the securities concept. Mm -hmm. These are not tradable instruments, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. or the concept of diversification. They're, <laughs> they're great. They make <laughs> well, so much money. They're I lovely. Think, I think you raise an interesting point. I, I truly believe, and this is me, I truly believe that risk is based on knowledge, right? So yeah. if you, if you, Agreed. if you go out and you start investing in things you don't understand, even if it's well diversified, 
and uh, Frank here is a really smart person and takes care of all your investments. That's risky in my view, mm-hmm. but that's just my view. You know, you don't want to be Galileo and, and figure out that the earth revolves around the sun and be completely right and, <laughs> and end up getting in trouble for it. So in a sense, we live in a, we live in a culture. We live in a society that has certain myths and assumptions. Mm-hmm. And that's the assumptions and myths we're working with right now, to be perfectly honest. All right. So Vipul, right. what kind of advice would you give to our viewers mm-hmm. out there that want to invest in these real estate based products or, mm-hmm. um, you know, purchase real estate based investments? Sure, absolutely. So I'm a great believer in knowledge. I mean, as much as I I think suitability is important, I think investors, regular people need to educate themselves. There's two things that you need to clear. The quality of the investment and the quality of the people behind the investment. For sure. So, you know, Warren Buffett has this, uh, has this great saying that he'll never invest in any industry he can't understand completely. And so because of that stubbornness, he missed uh, investing in a lot of tech firms in the 90s mm-hmm. when the uh, internet was coming of age. And because of that stubbornness, he missed uh, losing out on a lot of money in 2000 when a lot of those firms went out of business. So I think the first thing you need to understand is the fundamental, the skeleton, the core of what you're investing in. For sure. That's so yeah. important. In the hedge fund world, they have this concept called investment thesis. So if you're going to pitch an idea to your boss or the portfolio manager, you have to come up with an investment thesis, uh, which is really a, a fancy way of saying uh, where in the lake tomorrow morning are the fish going to be and where should I drop my line? Mm -hmm. That's what investment thesis says. Very interesting. And people, can you talk to us about your second point, which is regarding the quality of the people that are ultimately going to be managing or behind the project that you're investing in? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, there's an old saying, and it's very true that you can take a great business and poor management and you'll run it into the ground. You take a bad business and great management and you have a chance. So people are very important. At the very base level, you want to make sure that the folks you're investing in have uh, are ethical. So you want to check, Google them, and make sure that there's no uh, there's no funny stories that come up. Uh, you want to look to to make sure whether they've done previous projects before and if it's been successful or if they've managed other companies. Uh, you want to make sure that they're personally invested in what they're asking you to put your mm-hmm. money into. And I always like to look at. Uh, you know, managers who have uh, been able to work in turmoil. So if you had an airline company and you had to hire two pilots, one was a pilot with 20 years experience who always flew in sunny weather with clear visibility. And the other was a pilot with two years experience who's had several uh, instances of landing with a broken wing or in, or in storms or landing on ice, who would you pick? Yeah, I'd pick, <laughs> I'd pick the latter one. Right? Pick the latter. Yeah. So you want tested and senior, ma- uh, senior management as well. So that, that's very important. So people, is there anything else, any closing statements that you think you could contribute here today? Sure, absolutely. You know, I think one of the most important things um, is not to be fearful. You know, the worst drivers on the road are reckless, but yes. the close second are those that are too cautious. So it is very important not to <laughs> I be... I love that saying. Yeah. It is, it is important <laughs> uh, to be smart about things, but to take action. Uh, if you have a general interest or curiosity about things, ask questions, reach out, um, you know, ask the smart questions, find out if it's suitable, speak to your broker, make sure they're registered, of course, 
uh, but take action. That would mm-hmm. be the most important thing. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. You're a wealth of knowledge. And if, if any of the viewers out there are interested in learning a little bit more about mortgage investing or how to get started in that, you can contact profunds.ca and to watch all of our videos, you can go to 30minutes12th.com. 30 minutes are up. Go create wealth. Any and all of the opinions expressed by guests on this program were theirs alone and did not necessarily reflect those of the network, the producers, or the host. Please consult a professional advisor before making any investment decisions.